0: Welcome back to Those Happy Places, the podcast that treats theme parks, rides, and attractions like literature. I'm Buddy Duquesne.
1: And I'm Alice White.
0: And this week, uh, get ready to strike your colors, you blooming cockroaches. We're covering Pirates of the Caribbean.
1: That's right, we're doing Pirates of the Caribbean, the classic Disneyland attraction. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, its place in in history, in revisionism, and we're going to talk a little bit about some of the changes that have been made to the rides over the years.
0: Alice, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean is a is a favorite of ours, isn't it?
1: Oh, of course. It's a especially,
0: classic. Especially at Disneyland. Um, you know, I, we were doing a little bit of comparing before the episode, and we were looking at some of the ride times and and the scenes that are present in some versions of the ride versus others. Um, This is a ride that's at uh, Orlando and at uh, Paris and Tokyo Um, and there's a completely new, different kind of ride uh, based on Pirates of the Caribbean in Shanghai. Um, But the ride in California is by far the longest. uh, Clocking in at 15 minutes, 30 seconds long. That's the official count. That's an
1: incredibly um, long ride.
0: Yeah, and and when we compared it, uh, the version in Florida is eight and a half minutes, uh, so barely barely over half the ride time. Um, and we were looking at the the two rides, and there's a lot of differences between them, and it really does change the um, the tone.
1: Yes, they're uh, extremely different in 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 tone and length and variety, and every experience in a Pirates of the Caribbean ride at any of the Disney parks is going to be different. Uh, personally, I think the Disneyland California uh, version, watching them all on YouTube and, and maybe a little bit of, of bias, but I think it's the best one.
0: Yeah, I mean, as it is our home park, and it's the one that we know and we love, we feel like when there are things missing – and by being the longest, it has the most content. Um, we feel like when there are things missing, that it's, it makes the ride inferior. When maybe they are valid cuts, uh, who knows? But I feel from a, from a personal standpoint, the pacing of Pirates of the Caribbean in Anaheim is outstanding. It has not been topped. Um, and it really is, at, at nearly 16 minutes, a ride that feels like a full... Not a feature length film. That's not really what I'm looking for, but a full feature, if that makes any sense. It's, it's got its own story and world and universe, and you have time to live in and breathe that and really kind of get to know it and how it feels and looks.
1: Yeah, and when the traffic inevitably backs up all of the boats and you're sitting at the last scene for an extra 5 to 10 minutes on top of that, then you really get to know and love that uh
0: that last <laughs> that, show scene. That last show scene. Um yeah, you really do. And and on top of it all, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean is one of my favorite rides for its capacity. I mean, those boats can hold so many people and they have it down to a science where they're they're really just kind of conveyor belting people through it is not an omni mover system praise the omni mover but praise it, the
1: Omnimover. It,
0: it is a um uh, it is a system that that accommodates the incredible crowds that disneyland can sometimes get and i've regularly gotten in in line for pirates of the caribbean looking at this full queue and thinking there's no way i'm going to be on this in under an hour and i'm on in 20 minutes uh it's just everything about this ride for me is like this is how disneyland can be how it how it could be if we thought of these things ahead of time Um, (laughs) uh, so overall it's, it's a great ride but we do have our uh criticisms of it our uh our kind of uh deep dive has revealed some things about it that maybe uh deserve a second look even by fans so uh we hope that we get there today
1: yeah, so let's start with a little bit of the uh, the history and some of the um, some of the 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 text of the ride itself.
0: Yeah, kind of the show scenes in the order that they're presented and what they what they contain.
1: Sure. So uh, the ride opened in Disneyland in nineteen sixty seven, and it was the last ride that was overseen by uh, Walt Disney himself. He uh, he died about three months before it opened, um, and. So it does have a lot of that uh some of that magic to it and a little bit of a place in in um Disney fan kind of uh uh cult classic status. Yeah, it it's almost like, feels
0: like it's a uh, it's part of the Disney canon, right? Like this is this is what Walt would have wanted. It was the the most cutting edge thing that he ever laid hands on. Um Yeah.
1: He uh he he designed the the ride system with the where he he helped design the ride system with the boats after his um, his display of it's a small world went over really well um it at the world's fair and after uh, and and realizing the uh remarkable potential of a ride entirely on a boat system he decided to um to keep ha- to to make it happen for pirates of the caribbean because it felt uh, thematically appropriate for, you know, if it's, a, a, it's about pirates, it should be on the water. And it has uh, operated continuously since 1967 with only minor um, closing time. It's only ever been closed for no more than a few months at a time for various um uh, renovations and uh, additions
0: yeah and those renovations and additions are going to be a recurring theme in this episode because that's one of our main uh focuses on Pirates of the Caribbean is that it's this thing that feels very classic and timeless and uh, embedded into Disneyland but at the same time has maybe undergone the most substantial change over time uh, in its content, which is so strange to think about, but this hasn't happened to Haunted Mansion, for example, um, nor has it really happened to, to any of the original rides, the, the day one attractions. Uh, they've undergone technology changes, um, and there's been a little bit of a similar amount of changing in like the Jungle Cruise, but not to the extent that Pirates has changed, um, not to the full revamping of the story.
1: No, for the most part, any changes that other rides get have been updates to technology, or uh, maybe a, just a little general cleanup, or a or a or a reskin. But Pirates has done a lot of seemingly small, but ultimately really impactful changes to the show scene. So let's um, let's go over the uh, the text of the of the ride itself.
0: Okay, so let's let's start at the beginning. Uh, audiences queue up in New Orleans Square, uh, and as you enter the show building, there are uh, paintings and portraits of various historic pirates, um, and then they board their their boat, uh, which, which is vaguely pirate-themed. You know, I've always thought that the boats were a little uh, lackluster in terms of theming, the like, current yeah, ones but- at least.
1: The boats should be painted like like proper life rafts or so like like lifeboats or something. yeah instead, instead they of they just kind of have general a, a
0: wooden look, yeah, they just kind of look wood. Um, and so anyways the the boat departs um, and the boat passes a, you know a quiet bayou complete with some shacks and some alligators in the water some Um, nice
1: banjo music yeah and And there's fireflies the the beautiful firefly effect which is just a little light on the end of like a wire but it looks perfect it looks really nice
0: um and of course the the new orleans square main restaurant or maybe the the most famous restaurant at new orleans square uh the blue bayou uh has a seating area inside that uh initial part of the, the attraction, which I always have loved so much. Um Alice, the Blue Bayou is amazing. It? Yes.
1: It's so nice. Isn't it's such it? a nice, classy restaurant, such a really nice space. Beautiful ambiance. So you go through this absolutely gorgeous Bayou past the past the Blue Bayou restaurant, past a little shack with the guy sitting in front of it, smoking a pipe, having a having a grand old time, and you're confronted by a a, a skull mounted onto the wall who warns you about uh, about what life ahead of you is like.
0: Right, yeah. well, there are, Alice, there are squalls ahead.
1: There be squalls ahead.
0: And yes. Davey Jones waiting for them that don't obey. Um, it's, it's actually, it's the safety message of the ride, which I've always found so impressive. Um, a,
1: yeah, keep your hands and arms inside the boat. Yeah, and
0: like how else do you convey that i mean every other ride has to live up to the fact that pirates of the caribbean does it once the audience is already on the boat and immersed in the atmosphere and then it does it with an in-universe skeleton head that (laughs) like really really continues to set the mood while conveying the safety message you know and uh, does that help it happen anywhere else i mean the ghost host a little bit right Uh, Don't pull down on the safety bar. I'll lower it for you. Don't take any flash pictures. That is that is so classic Disneyland. I don't hear or see that on any other ride, though.
1: No, it's a lot of times it's just the the ride operator into a microphone telling you what to do or a pre-recorded message from just a generic like guy. But, or you get the safety video, like for Soren, you get Patrick Warburton in a in a flight attendant, you know, uniform, giving you, you know, that's in character and in universe. But you're still standing in line while it's happening, right? Like so in pirates, you are in the boat.
0: Yeah, and, and it, it feels very much part of the universe. In fact, the reason that you keep your hands and arms inside uh, a boat on Pirates of the Caribbean is not for your own safety. It's that's the best way to repel boarders. If anybody were to try to get on your boat that's how you keep them away by being extra safe. Okay. You guys. And that, (laughs) that like kind of bridging of the gap in the mind of like, okay, especially for little kids, if you're scared right now, remember be extra safe, keep your hands inside the boat. And that keeps everybody like, you know, in the mood, in the moment. And that's so great.
1: Yeah. That is, that is really good. I love that. Uh, And is immediately followed by a drop.
0: Uh, Yeah, this this rather rather intense drop and Pirates of the Caribbean is a ride with uh, no safety belts or or uh, even really places to grab onto the boat. Um, (laughs) So the drop is is rather sudden and uh, you splash down into this cave uh, where suddenly Yo-Ho Yo-Ho Pirates Life For Me is playing in this dimly lit uh, kind of really atmospheric place that. Um, You can't see the pirates. There are no pirates yet.
1: No, it's like a like a cavern stalactites and stalagmites coming up from the ceiling and floor, and 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 the the song is being sung. That song you know so well is being sung, but it's echoey and distant.
0: Now, I would almost and... describe it as ghostly, but it doesn't it doesn't have that same haunted feel as like a haunted mansion style song, right? It, it doesn't really feel like it's supposed to be creepy, because um, it still feels rollicking and and uh, and so exciting Right, It feels like like an adventure movie almost.
1: Yeah, but it's just a little bit further away. Like you're not quite there yet.
0: And that's like, because you aren't, which is so great.
1: Because <laughs> you go through this cavern and you see... Well, and then you do another drop.
0: Right, there's, there's one more drop and you drop farther into the cavern. And that's when you see an island with two pirates on like a beach... And one is stabbed and standing up against the wall, and another one is stabbed and on the ground. And there's a treasure chest between them. So there's this like clear aura of betrayal and greed that has happened. Um, and we should say that we've already heard the phrase from the skeleton, uh, the skeleton head: "Dead men Dead tell, no tell no tales." tales. Right? right. And this this warning uh, that says to you, uh, if if you don't make it through this. There's nobody who's going to tell your story, so that that warning kind of echoes through our minds and may indeed echo through the cavern itself. Um, and we see the two dead pirates with this treasure that they never got to like use because they betrayed each other at the last moment.
1: Yeah, and 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 so you get their their betrayal, and you see other skeletons scattered throughout this place. Sometimes surrounded by treasure, sometimes. Uh clearly done in by, by, by some of their own with a pirate cutlass sticking through their rib cage. And, um, but a lot of them, as you keep going, you see these show scenes that are the pirates, um, in a, there's a, a pirate captain in a huge luxurious bed looking at a treasure map surrounded by gold and luxurious fabrics. And then there's another pirate on top of a huge mound of treasure, um, two pirates who are guzzling rum out of a bottle that's just the rum is just falling through their through their ribs yeah uh, because they're dead now but the rum is still flowing and this kind of greed and gluttony and and all of this all of these sins that these pirates represent have clearly brought their doom
0: yeah and they they've all maybe achieved what a pirate's goal is right which is like uh, having unlimited rum, or uh, <laughs> having a luxurious bed, and, and seeking out more treasures, and being the captain, or standing atop a pile of treasure. But and in the end, they all died and became skeletons right there on the spot, while enjoying that thing that they thought they wanted.
1: Well, going through their their pirate, their dangerous pirate lives and their pirate vices that ultimately killed them. Yeah very intense.
0: And as as we pass that last pile of treasure, we hear a ghostly voice that uh that tells us, you know, this is this is now you're in this story. You've seen the cursed treasure. This will be the last friendly voice you hear. And then we hear echoing again, dead men tell no tales, right? As if to say this happened, it might happen to you. Watch out. And, and as you... we as we pass through that tunnel, um that's when the pirates Become to uh, kind of come to life, as it were.
1: Right. You you hear the one of the voices say, uh "You you're not. You say you're not afraid of evil curses. Have you no fear of evil curses?" Says you. Properly warned, Eb says I. So he's he's saying you've been warned. Like there's a curse on this place. And and then in this incredibly cool new piece of tech, this this like the ne- very next thing you see was just installed six months ago um a skeleton that turns into a flesh and blood pirate right in front of your eye
0: it's so incredible it's it's a really great effect i think it's achieved with mirrors but i'm actually (laughs) not sure um because there's no obvious mirror um it really looks like as you as you rotate around this pirate he goes from skeleton to person and there's there's no way to see really how how they do it it's it's incredible But so cool. Alice, I think now would be a good time to pause because we've we've talked about about half of the ride. Right. Yeah. And we've talked a lot about how the uh, the skeletons and the the kind of myth making of this moment and the curse and all of this. We should say that there's a sizable portion of the audience of Pirates of the Caribbean. And and there's certainly evidence to back this up. People say that this is a ride uh, told in reverse that we kind of start in a later period in New Orleans, then we drop into the cave and we see the aftermath of the pirate era. uh, And then we kind of see the pirates in their heyday. So we see these things kind of happen in three distinct chunks, uh, but in reverse.
1: Yeah. Where you kind of do not, maybe not even just in reverse, but like in flashback you go from, Oh, this is how the pirates end here's how they start. And so so you're not like not not in true reverse, but you see their end and then it flashes all the way back to the beginning. How their raid on on the, you know, the the island starts and how they jump in and and get the mayor and stuff like that. That where where that's the beginning of their raid. So you've gone all the way back in time to their heyday. It's told in flashback. And yeah, yeah and, and, and told, told backwards, or at least that's what I, what I thought it would be, or or what I thought the text was. But with this addition of this new piece, with this new, um, with this new pirate that turns from a skeleton to a flesh and blood right in front of your face, while you hear the warning, the old warning of you're not afraid of evil curses while well, you've been warned. Uh, combined with the text of the film Pirates of the Caribbean you combine those things together and suddenly the text of this ride is no longer here's a flashback it's here are cursed pirates attacking now now you're seeing this happen in real time
0: yeah cursed cursed skeleton pirates uh that that were just waiting for the curse to take hold so that they could leap back into life um
1: and you here have witnessed the the minute that the curse is yeah, hold.
0: OK, fair enough. That reading is fair enough. I still think it, it's questionable whether that's what, you know, the Imagineers who decided to put that scene there were trying to communicate. I, I think you could you could still complicate that question um, because I still think that the uh, reverse order reading of the ride is very valid. And when you look at it that way, it, it kind of maintains a little bit more of the ride's theming um, as opposed to tying it into our more modern understanding of the canon of the movies, which we should mention will come up later. Yeah. <laughs>
1: we'll talk about, we'll talk about the movies, but no, I, I agree with you because I think, and, and we'll come back to this also, but I think this ride being read as a morality tale against the dangers of piracy turning it into, oh, well, it's, it, it, look at all these skeletons, and now they're attacking, is, a, like, almost too simple of a story. It's it's like a sci-fi fantasy version of this pirate story instead of a, well, here's where they all died. Do you want to see how they got there
0: uh, kind of thing? yeah. And it, it, it feels to be, it seems to be a bit of a betrayal of that original, like, uh thought right this this idea that that we can present pirates as fun and exciting but also warn about the dangers
1: right yeah and now it's yeah it's now no longer well if you if you read it literally and if that's how you how you choose to to read that new scene um it could be now that yeah that it's no longer a warning now it's just you're in an adventure from the beginning yeah and yeah you're gonna learn a lesson at the end but it's, it's yeah a different by, by, lesson. it's a different lesson um, about curses
0: yeah so so let's let's jump back into the text of the ride right so as we pass this this skeleton to not skeleton pirate um we are immediately seeing the pirate ship attacking the city uh, back in the day it was a generic pirate captain shouting strike your colors you blooming cockroaches now it is captain barbosa as portrayed in the films by jeffrey rush and here he recorded the lines for the the animatronic
1: yes um and they're and bombarding
0: the city with he's
1: looking for jack sparrow
0: right he wants he wants captain jack sparrow so originally the pirates were after the treasure whatever that treasure may be Uh, Now they're after Jack Sparrow and do keep that kind of dichotomy in mind for a later section. (laughs) Um, So uh, we see the attack happening. It's a really cool scene, by the way, Alice. Did you know that the pirate ship is fully painted and built all the way around?
1: Is it really? It's not just a facade?
0: It's not a facade. Uh, Disney insisted that they build a scale pirate ship. Of course, it's not full scale, right? Um, right. But they they build a full-scale pirate ship all the way around. Jeez, <laughs> oh, an entire-scale pirate ship. That's better. Uh, build it all the way around, really work on all the details, uh, even though guests would never see a good at least, you know, third of the ship. Um, so it is completely built, and the walls of the Spanish town, uh, or rather Spanish colony town, um, are... Huge and lifelike, and you can see the cannons firing on both sides. You can sometimes feel blasts of air uh, from the cannonballs flying between. It's very cool. Um, yes, there's shadows uh, showing an awesome sword fight. Uh, it's it's a great scene. It's one of my favorites in all of theme parks, uh, just for its scale and how exciting it is.
1: That room feels enormous, and the way that the sky is painted to to just be just black as far as you can see as far as you know that room is cavernous and, because and you can't see the corners of the room
0: it very well might be I have no idea the actual scale that's how effective the illusion is
1: yeah um, between the lighting and, and the distractions and how big the walls and ship are yeah it could it could be a huge room I have no idea
0: <laughs> uh, so we, we go through this battle scene and eventually we are back in the city um, where we see the pirates have kind of already taken over, right? Clearly, they won that fight. Uh, so we've got this scene where the mayor of the city is tied up and being dunked repeatedly into the well. Poor and Carlos. I know. And he, he keeps getting dragged back out of the well, presumably just before he drowns. He's spitting out water, and the pirates are like, where's Jack Sparrow?
1: And his wife is pleading, don't tell him, don't tell him. And then they, they shoot at her and she screams. And it's all it's an intense moment but Yeah, because they're looking for Jack Sparrow.
0: It's played for laughs, though. Isn't that interesting? Like the the moment has never felt scary to me. It has always felt like a fun pirate thing um they, they've they got oh, let's
1: just dunk a guy in a well haha yeah
0: they've got a guy standing there that the the captain-y dude that's there he's not the captain because he's not barbosa but there's a guy who's got like a captain's sort of swagger and clothes um he's like pipe him aloft matey and then the guy on the flute like plays a little tune so that they can pull him up and he can like hear music as he goes up or what i don't know what the <laughs> point of this is
1: make like sound effects (laughs) like oh here he
0: comes (laughs) up comes the guy and he's like i'll never talk and his wife is like don't tell him carlos it doesn't make sense to me anymore though uh with the the jack sparrow lines um because like why are these people protecting jack nobody should protect jack you should betray jack jack actually factors that into his plans and it, it actually helps him when you betray him it seems, based on the films. Um, So I don't understand why they're protecting Jack, because it used to be just like, where's the treasure, right? Tell us where the treasure is or else. And the wife is like, don't tell him, Carlos, you know, we got to got to protect the treasure. And that makes a little bit more sense. At least it could be that they had the town treasure and they were in charge of it. But protecting Jack Sparrow does not make a lot of sense to me.
1: No, not really. And to top it all off, jack sparrow's literally right there yeah
0: the mayor could just be like oh he's behind you
1: because he is he's hiding behind a stack of dresses like uh, behind like dresses on a clothesline i think and he's an incredible incredibly lifelike
0: animatronic yeah we should say that that These animatronics of Jack are, of course, are new and animatronic technology has apparently been advancing all along while we weren't looking. And this one looks amazing. Um, And so do the other Jack Sparrows and some of the other new additions. Uh, They're incredibly lifelike, very cool movement um, and very evocative of of the actual performance.
1: Yeah, he he swaggers along or the the way that he turns his head looks very much like uh, the portrayal of him in the film. Um I I want to point out I was talking about this earlier it's very strange cognitively to look at that brand new animatronic amongst the ancient animatronics from the 60s the ancient
0: (laughs) year of 1967
1: (laughs) you know what I mean it's it it's very it's strange to see how far it's come and how new he looks and it's almost indicative kind of of how I feel about the changes in general like this brand new shiny pretty thing doesn't doesn't kind of feel like it belongs there.
0: Yeah, it doesn't jive. It doesn't fit in. Um, and, and it's it's maybe where the ride, as sacred as we see it in some ways, may have benefited from a full on refurbishment, but it hasn't ever gotten that. Instead, it's gotten these small bits and pieces dropped in kind of one at a time or two at a time. Uh, and it leaves it in the state that it's in now, which it, to be honest, is, is actually confusing, too. We have to keep right. in our minds all of the different ways that this ride has been in order to understand it fully, and we can't. Um, there are so many small, minute details that have, over time, been changed, and as a result, we've kind of got a uh, Ship of Theseus situation here. Is it even the same attraction anymore? If you've taken out this and changed this and switched this out, is it the same attraction? Does it tell the same story? Kind of... <laughs> <laughs> a little but also not really so this is that first moment i mean apart from uh apart from the barbosa scene which you know could very easily be overlooked but this has changed the context right now it's not about treasure now it's about this search for jack we gotta have jack sparrow we'll torture He's the mayor so until we find important. him right so that's so- a lot
1: yeah, so we continue. The pirates are causing lots of of mayhem, and uh, and then there's the auction scene,
0: right? Which until recently was a bride auction.
1: Yes, take a wench for a wife.
0: Right. So they were they were auctioning off these women that had been captured in the sacking of the city, and the joke was that there was a uh, a rather stout hearted. A woman who nobody wanted to bid on, and there was a very uh, curvaceous redhead who everybody did want to bid on. And that was a scene in a Disney ride until, until the year 2018.
1: Yes. Um, looking back on it, I think we didn't really realize as children, it was like you said, like that was the joke. Didn't realize when we were children how problematic o- that obviously is.
0: Right. Uh, um, and, and it's very unfunny in retrospect. And uh, we did not need a human auction in the year 2018. And So probably, now we don't
1: have one anymore. And
0: probably before that, we didn't need a human auction. But this, <laughs> is, this is the year that we made that progress. So, okay. Um, so now we, we yes. have something else. Now they're auctioning um, merchandise. Thanks. Things
1: it says uh the 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 sign I think instead says uh s- says something like surrender your surrender your goods or surrender surrender your items like um people are are carrying candlesticks and um, and and livestock and anything of value, they're they're now in a line. They have to bring it up so that the pirates can auction it off to other pirates.
0: Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? I feel like they should like take it away and then maybe split it up. But whatever. whatever. Um, so they've got they've got that same stout-hearted woman who is selling her chickens, but nobody wants the chickens. Uh, now they want the rum, and the redhead has been replaced by Red, uh, a pirate character that has the rum
1: (laughs) (laughs) she is a she's a tough lady she's got her cutlass she's got her cool hat her her awesome dress she looks great and she is encouraging her men to ask for 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 more rum yeah we want the rum she's she's the rum lady (laughs) yeah
0: and, and she indeed does have all the rum um, and she's another example of one of those new animatronics that, when you compare them to the ones around her, she looks way better. And that is removing uh a little bit in terms of immersion, right? Yeah, a uh, little. She's not
1: as good as the Jack one. Just like Barbosa is not as good. Uh, the Jack the Jack ones just seem to have a, another layer to them. That's maybe because Jack Sparrow in the films is, is so. Uh, is is such a character so
0: distinct in movement
1: yeah that uh but yeah so red red's there and and she's got her sword and everything and she she looks great so now we've taken this old outdated problematic show scene and we've turned it into a little bit of a like a we've got this cool woman here and we're celebrating you know celebrating women here for a moment celebrating even women she's in piracy
0: still,
1: even though she's still definitely a bad guy yeah and we're going to learn you know learn our lesson about pirates by the end but we're i don't know when i was riding the ride and there she was i was proud of her i was like i was like yeah you go girl like <laughs> you get your rum
0: <laughs> she's, she's the only female pirate in the in the entire attraction Yes. i almost said in the film um but that no. is another thing that kind of problematizes talking about pirates of the caribbean is we we also have to take into account the films and it's a lot um
1: it's a lot to talk about <laughs> so she's
0: she's the only female pirate in the attraction and that means something it, it does mean something to have that representation and to uh to you know acknowledge there were lady pirates in fact in the queue there are paintings of lady pirates very infamous ones Uh, and and now they've added added, uh, red as well oh good so that's really cool Um, so then past the auction scene we see the pirates begin singing yo ho as they sack the city so yo ho yo ho pirates life, life for me they uh, start taking even more things out of the city, and now uh, they're Are chasing the residents. It. Oh,
1: all right, yeah, chasing the residents first. Yeah, um, yeah. In the chasing, chasing of the residents of the town scene, this is another example of uh, just like a little change, just a little change that changes the entire text of this scene. They, the pirates, originally were s- shown. Chasing women around the house—it's like this big, beautiful, like plantation-style home, uh, where you see them through the windows chasing women around while the women scream. And now, just by adding a little prop here, a little prop there, and switching—switching switching
0: a couple of things—switching
1: a couple things around. Now it's every single pirate is chasing after a woman who is holding some sort of food. She's got a whole chicken on a plate. She's got a whole cake. Um, Or in the one scene where the woman is chasing the pirate around and she's reaching for him like she really wants him and he's running away like scared for his life.
0: (laughs) And we should mention that the joke is that that's that same stout-hearted lady from before yes uh so the joke has somehow been removed and maintained uh which is very interesting indeed
1: yeah that's a that's a little bit touchy um so now instead of yeah yeah so now we've removed this this problem in two show scenes in a row we've removed this problem of objectifying the female characters um and instead, though, we've kind of washed over the idea that now it's now all they want is food, but then we still have the one, the one female character that is still getting made fun of. Cause she's the, she's the biggest one. She's the, the, like you keep saying stout hearted, but let's be real. The joke was always that she's fat. Yeah. And that is unfortunate. It is, uh, like still something that a lot of pieces of media think is okay to make fun of someone for being. And it's, I mean, it's all over, you know, all over movies and, and TV and here it is again, like, and now we don't get her on sale, but we still see her chasing around a pirate who wants nothing to do with her. He's in fact, he's running away and, and, and screaming, like, like being with her would be the, you know, like, like, the the opposite of anything he's ever wanted
0: that would be really bad and very bad that's that's it's unconscionable it's something that i can't believe we're we're having to talk about and i I do apologize for dancing around by saying stout no i I just that's what
1: they call her in the in the text that's what that's what the auctioneer character always referred to her as um, so I get, I get the, 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 uh, the impulse to use that. The
0: winsome the, wench. The
1: word. <laughs> yeah.
0: Strike your colors, theory um, <laughs>
1: um, and I, I don't know. She's precious. She's, she's adorable. And then she's like, oh look at this guy pirate. I want him. And he, she's the only one that's not like all of the other women are running around holding food and she's the only one who's chasing after a person. She's
0: got agency.
1: And yet it the joke still remains oh like not even a pirate would want her. Oof. Like that right? Like that's that was the text of the auction too. Like they're all after these women and these and this and all of this pirates booty and and yet no one wants her. It's that's a it's a hard it's a it's a hard thing to recognize in Indeed. in a in a ride and in a in a IP even that I really love and respect so much. It's a it's hard to recognize that as as real. It is. Uh then they, they start um they start burning the city down.
0: Of course, because they're still singing. Once you've sacked it, you must burn it. That's that's the rules of piracy. Sure.
1: And it's a really cool um really cool effects how they how they make the whole place look like it's on fire i think it's really it's i always thought it was really pretty all the reds and oranges and golds and stuff throughout and and they're every single building's on fire and they've they've got the trees caught on fire and the and the sky is filling with smoke and and the pirates are just getting drunker and drunker and drunker and drunker, and drunker with these huge bottles of rum in their hand as they burn everything around them
0: it's it's easily the most uh, destructive looking scene uh, in the entire thing and it kind of shows like piracy has this inevitable end right it's destructive the so- the town was still standing until there was nothing left to take and then they burned it down um, and they were like bad at it too because there's the one guy who's really drunk and has the bottle that's on fire
1: <laughs> and he's
0: like And that's another small revision that used to just be rum. Now it has a little fire thing coming out of it. So now it's like an explosive, I guess. Um,
1: Like a Molotov cocktail. Right.
0: And but he's like also still drunk. So it's like a weird change. Why remove the reference to alcohol, but keep the reference to bombs? Um, (laughs) It's weird. Uh, but then
1: you've got the guys. The guy is so drunk He's literally sleeping in a pigsty You've got the one guy so drunk He's about to fall off the ledge And he's got his dirty, dirty foot I'm hanging talking about
0: over. that same guy that's Oh, is he holding a, is yeah.
1: That's the guy who's holding the bomb? Yeah Weird I don't think I ever noticed I'm too busy looking at how nasty his foot his is. His feet
0: are so nasty, though. That's a great piece of uh, animatronic prosthetic, I guess, is, is uh, how yeah, you it's might like, describe it. It's
1: like a, a really incredible detail. Like, they didn't have to put that much detail into his foot, but they realized how close it was to people's faces. So they put a bunch of detail into it, and it's gross. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so we, we go through the burning city, and then we see the uh, now infamous pirates trying to escape prison scene. Uh, there's some some skeleton pirates that have clearly died there and then some pirates who are trying to get out uh, and the dog has the keys so they're like you know come over here dog give us the keys and the dog doesn't because the dog is an animatronic that has been there since 1967 um
1: also the dog is smart and knows better than to let the pirates out of jail
0: dogs know that
1: (laughs) dogs are smarter and better than all of us
0: (laughs) so then we we go through another room where things are burning and crackling and things are almost going to fall on us And then we see our last pirates of the of the show. They are firing guns at each other over the audience's head um, at explosive barrels. They're all clearly still drunk. It's hilarious, but also kind of terrifying.
1: It's very terrifying because one of them is leaning really heavily on a like a lever that is controlling a pulley that has like a giant crate that's dangling over where the boats go. So you're like, if he falls down too drunk, then that crate is going to come crashing down on top of somebody. And like,
0: not to mention if either of them misses and hits somebody or if they hit each other with their guns. uh, Yeah,
1: they're just firing blindly and wildly into, you know, into the room, (laughs) trying to trying to kill each other. But not really. Maybe they're just so drunk. They're like, ha ha, shooting guns is fun.
0: (laughs) It's a lot. (laughs) That seems a lot, too. Um, There's a
1: lot going on, but they have, you know, like, like when one of the bullets ricochets off something, it it makes the um, it makes the the like armor pieces in the background move and shake a little. Ka-quim. And one of those one of those has the hidden Mickey on it. That
0: is true. That is where one of the and, hidden Mickey's is.
1: And and, and 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 but then you're gone Then you escape. You just you fly. You sail right between them as they're trying to kill each other. Uh, and, but you you leave them and head up the hill knowing that any minute now, either they're going to shoot each other or they're going to shoot the big crate full of explosives. Or the and room everyone... will
0: collapse or something. They're not getting out and of that.
1: They're not getting out of it. The, everything's on fire. <laughs> like, still, everything is on fire. And, and they are in a room full of TNT. No. Like, <laughs> that's not great. No,
0: that's not going to work now we we start to ascend then back up towards uh normal life and we see jack sparrow who has evaded capture for the rest of the ride um and he's got all the treasure and he's like singing "Yoho, a pirate's life for me and he's got he's got a few things to say to the audience like a toast to piracy and, uh, you know, uh, it worked out for me. Uh, I beat all the bad guys or all the it's o- many other pirates, shiny rewards. Right? It's many <laughs> shiny rewards. Um, I shall use this paltry sum as a stipend to cover my expenses. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, it's a silly little scene. Now we should talk about what used to be there.
1: Yeah, what used to be there was a couple of pirates escaping or attempting to es- escape with
0: treasure a big chest of treasure a uh, huge chest of treasure uh, as, about as big as the two of them combined
1: and they cannot move it they're straining and grunting I think the one guy like his he he was like lifting with his lower back do you remember yeah, how he's, his, he's his, got his, his whole, back like, to back it and was, he's pushing and is it's just they're just grunting and and going oh come on come on like they're trying to push this enormous chest out of the way and they're not going anywhere things are spilling out of the chest like like they're they're going to lose everything that they have and, but they just keep pushing and
0: they pushed and pushed and pushed for more than 30 years and never made any progress and i know that's kind of like meta um because it's an attraction and of course not right but
1: and they're not real they're animatronic yeah
0: right but at the same time It always spoke to me that every time I went through the ride and saw them, they hadn't moved. Uh, And they weren't going to. Like, these characters were stuck. And it was because of the treasure. If they would just stop pushing the treasure, they would move on. Um, And they
1: would make it out alive, unlike their brethren, who are about to die. Right.
0: And of course, we have to remember that dead men tell no tales. And that last little kick is like... Even these guys who who lucked out and made it all the way here, they're doomed, too. And that's a downer of an ending. Um, and it's, it's the, kind of the complete opposite of Jack, uh, wreathed in jewels and gold, being like, I did it.
1: <laughs> I
0: win. Um, yeah. So there's, you know, Alice, we've talked about this ride for a while because it is a long ride and it's dense and there's a lot to say about it. And we've talked about some of the smaller and bigger changes that have happened since the ride has opened. And now I think it's finally time to talk about our term of the day.
1: (laughs) Right. Um, Our our term of the day is revisionism
0: da, 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 revisionism um <laughs> and revisionism is a complicated term uh it can be loosely defined as a policy of modification of one's attitude to a previously accepted situation or point of view so uh any changing of mind over time um can be refers to as revisionism but that's not really what we mean when we talk about it right Um, We typically apply revisionism to politics or historical study. In the realm of politics, when we say revisionism, we mean uh, changing your policy or principles once those beliefs are deemed no longer beneficial. So uh, think 1984... Um, We've always been at war with East Asia or Eurasia, (laughs) uh, whatever, whatever they say they've always been at war with. Um, Honestly, both. Yes. uh, It's it's a policy of revisionism. You know, we've always been at war with Oceania. Oh, what do you mean they were our allies? Well, not anymore. We've always been at war with them. That's an example of revisionism in literature. Um, In history, we talk about revisionism. When we refer to reinterpreting historical records, um, either by challenging the accepted Orthodox views held by scholars or by introducing contrary evidence or reinterpreting motivations and decisions of the people involved. And this is an extremely problematic process. Not to say that there aren't good people with good intentions who try to revise the record to be more accurate, but we often refer to historical revisionism in a negative way. Right? Uh, right. as, as a tool to kind of sort of quote unquote, edit out willful cruelty or the perpetration of war crimes. And I'm sure you could come up with any number of examples. Um, but this is generally the work of, you know, fascists and that's bad. Um, so historical revisionism has been extremely negative. Uh, Now, with Pirates of the Caribbean, Alice, I think we've got two layers of revisionism happening.
1: Right. So our two layers of revisionism here are uh, revisionism and the idea of pirates and revisionism and the idea of the ride Pirates of the Caribbean.
0: So they are—they are two different things. We sometimes say pirates when we mean the ride, Pir- Pirates of the Caribbean. We'll try to keep them separate, at least in this section. So here we're just right. talking about the concept of pirates and piracy.
1: Yes, uh, pirates and and piracy have clearly been revised here uh, for palatability and for practicality. Uh, the attraction resembles classic pirate films like uh, or or literature like Treasure Island. Um, we're meant to understand that these are fanciful, fanciful versions of a group of people that only kind of barely existed in reality. What we know about pirates and what we know about privateering and, uh, other, other such exploits, we've kind of rolled them all up into one big stereotype of a pirate.
0: Right. The, the idea of the, uh. The hook for a hand and the big feathered hat and the peg leg and the eye patch and the avast mateys and like all of this like accoutrement of piracy is not reflective of the historic period of piracy specifically at that time and place.
1: No, not at all. It's not even uh, like piracy, like not even just for that, that time and place. Uh, It's ignoring the piracy that happened in other parts of the world and uh, legalized piracy like privateering and and um, the the types of, of pirates that were only around for to do like blockading of different ports and stuff like that. Like there's so much to it. And really all we get from the ride is and from other classic literatures like that is like a like a general let's cram a bunch of stereotypes uh, all the like cool stereotypes into one it's the same the same reason why we have a cultural image in our heads of what a cowboy looks like or a medieval knight in shining armor um like those those are the same kind of they were professions and they were real people but isn't it cooler now looking back if we combine all the stereotypes into one thing.
0: Right. And and Disney is kind of notorious for kind of exploiting these popular images for the benefit of his media, right? I mean, like he was a big fan of Treasure Island and other pirate literature and he was a big fan of adventure novels and stuff like that as we talked about with uh Jungle Cruise, right? Um right. and you know, he he was a big fan of cowboys and and that sort of thing and th- they made a lot of these kinds of movies and so as a result, they were reflected in the theme park and You know, it's simplified, sanitized, made adventurous and entertaining uh, for kids and families to enjoy and to make believe and pretend. And it's not historic. It's this is not a museum. Um, It is not a pirate themed museum as much as we wish it might be, because then piracy would be fun and exciting. Um, But it, it wasn't. It was grim and dark and dirty and uh, evil and exploitative and violent.
1: So in the same vein that you say it's not a museum, it's not a pirate museum, it's not historically accurate. In that same way, uh, 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 the Pirates of the Caribbean attraction has gotten a lot of criticism for some of the changes that they've made, specifically the ones to make the ride less problematic and less objectifying towards women, um, a lot of people have criticized the ride and the, and Disney for they say they're you're whitewashing the idea of pirates. You're saying you're you are you're making it seem sanitary and clean and, and not not how it not how it really was. When you remove the, these ideas, you're um, you're not letting the audience see how life really was for a pirate back then. But that was never really the case here, was it? This was not supposed to be a, an actual look at actual piracy. Was
0: Absolutely it? not. And if it, if it was, then it was always harmful to that idea. Right. It was it was always a bad depiction of piracy. What has happened is we have had a couple of changes to the ride that have changed based on audience attitudes, audience needs. That's another reason for revising the ride. Um it, it has been revised and reworked for both audience attitudes and needs over time and for financial reasons. And I think the ones that were more for changing so, so that we are less problematic and more inclusive are absolutely valid. These are good changes that we needed to make and perhaps still need to continue to make to this attraction.
1: Right. We are uh, treating women better. We are... Uh, showing fewer actual atrocities in the name of the fact that 51% of of people in the world are women and we don't want to alienate women from from these from this experience right. because we're it's 2018 we're smarter now we're better now <laughs> we can we can enjoy a good pirate ride and a good moral story without showing the depiction of actual harm
0: yeah and
1: and that's the
0: thing this was never a a ride that was bloody or grim or violent it was a ride that depicted scenes of of you know gender-based harm though and that's not okay So we can see the difference between uh, making a change because of historical accuracy, whatever that means in this fantasy pirate realm. Because let's be <laughs> real, this is a fantasy uh, about skeletons. Let's keep this in mind, guys. <laughs> and you know, we there's a difference between changing it and and calling historical accuracy, or changing it and just recognizing that this is, you know, all in good fun and this is to enhance that fun.
1: Right. Because it is all in good fun, but we're learning we are learning a lesson here. And the lesson is not a look at this museum of how pirates actually treated people. The lesson we're learning here, or the lesson we were learning here with the original theme of the attraction was greed literally kills.
0: Greed kills. It's like it reads like a uh, dare slogan, like (laughs) it's greed, not even once. But like it is right. That's the message. Dead men tell no tales. And all of these pirates uh, search for the same treasure. And the, the only real curse was their greed. If we remove the context of like the curse of the black pearl and cursed gold and all of that, the curse is when you see treasure, you become obsessed with it and it ends up killing you.
1: Yeah, either you betray your friends and your friends betray you and you you end up killing each other like we saw on the beach at the beginning of the ride, or um, you become enthralled by it like the captain in his bedchamber, like... Dying in his bed because he, you know, is so obsessed with the treasure, he doesn't even get out of bed. He just dies with his magnifying glass in hand. Um, or you doom yourself in trying to keep too much of it, as we see in the end scene and the the pirates trying with all of their their might to get this huge chest up the up the hill where they literally become the myth of Sisyphus in this moment you're gonna keep rolling this up the hill and you're never going to make your destination you're never going to to get it because if you are greedy what you have in that giant chest is not going to be enough and 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 the the, the the sin here that we're told not to fall into, this trap we're not going to fall into, is the sin of greed.
0: Yeah, and and you know, it I'm just thinking right now as you talk about it, like, man, empty the chest a little. They'd be able to get away. <laughs> just a little, right? You wouldn't even have to lose it all. But like that's the problem. That's the curse of the treasure. It in it it keeps you from noticing that. It makes you say, I need as much of this as I can get. It destroyed an entire city, and it destroyed the lives of all of the pirates as well. And that's the curse. That's the moral. Don't be greedy. Now, if we say what is the revised moral when we have added in the connection to the films, what are we left with?
1: Well, now that we don't have the that end scene and now now we end with seeing jack sparrow with a crown on a throne of gold the new text of the ride is now come hang out with our cool pirate friends um win a bunch of gold at the end with jack no lesson is learned no warning is given i mean sure those guys those other pirates well they messed up they weren't smart they they were dummies they
0: couldn't catch jack
1: They were dummies. They couldn't catch Jack. And they're all going to die for being not Jack Sparrow. Jack Sparrow is our hero. And he's living to the end. And he's going to live forever with all of his cool treasure. And he's your friend. He's your buddy. He addresses you at the end. Yeah. He's like, hey,
0: guys, I did it. Did you notice how I did it? I did it. I.
1: I'm so smart. Look at all my cool treasure. I win. His greed is rewarded. I'm the
0: Bugs bunny of piracy. I did everybody <laughs> else is an idiot. but okay let let's let's step back for a second. Let's think business, right? So why is Jack Sparrow there? because of the adaptation Pirates of the Caribbean Curse of the Black Pearl, which released in two thousand and three featuring Johnny Depp as Captain Jack Sparrow recently in the news at out as Jack Sparrow from the series. Um, Yes. But, you know, it was a very popular performance that grossed many dollars in the theater. So (laughs) many indeed that we got uh, four, count them, four sequels. Um, There was (laughs) Dead Man's Chest.
1: With more coming.
0: Right. With more coming, presumably without Depp as uh, Jack Sparrow, which, you know, probably about time um yeah so there was dead man's chest at world's end on strangers tides and finally dead men tell no tales in 2017 which ladded with landed with such a resounding thud in theaters <laughs> that that i i don't even really remember that it happened uh
1: yeah i saw it was it any good no
0: oh <laughs>
1: <laughs> no I, a I movie review I very,
0: podcast, but
1: no no i very strongly disliked it um Almost as much as I disliked on Stranger Tides. Which was which also
0: I think a mistake I, film.
1: I think it was where I think On Stranger Tides was worse, but Wow. Um, but I liked I love the first one. Yeah. I first, even really like the second one.
0: The first Pirates of the Caribbean film, Curse of the Black Pearl, in many ways redefined the pirates genre and, and and indeed kind of the adventure film genre in general for the new era that it that it kind of kicked off on its own. I mean, we had Lord of the Rings coming out around the same time. So we had a kind Mm -hmm. of a a re a rebirth of the fantasy genre. Meanwhile, we're getting these pirates movies that are each about three hours long and have this amazing sense of scale and great visual effects. And it really did seem like everything was going really well. This was a trend that could not end. And of course, at World's End 2007 really did kind of signal that and or you know if you were paying attention it did (laughs) (laughs) that movie was not as critically acclaimed um it has a lot of narrative problems it kind of got too big for its own britches um and then and then you know the series kind of limped forward from there with a new film every four to five to six years um so you know piracy it was a big deal starting in 2003.
1: Yeah. And Disney leaned really heavily into merch and shirts and they, that, that itty bitty little gift shop at the end of Pirates of the Caribbean and Disneyland uh suddenly was like the hip hot place to be like, that's they expanded that gift shop after that like they took over half of New Orleans Square because they couldn't sell enough Pirates merch after the first film came out right
0: and suddenly it was so
1: popular suddenly
0: the Pirate Cutlass which you could always buy was like a hot seller and you know suddenly people like Pirates again Pirates are cool again and that meant I think that meant from a business perspective that the old idea of Pirates of the Caribbean which indeed was iconic in many ways to this Old idea of piracy as portrayed in the media and films of the time, uh, needed an update. And Jack Sparrow was, of course, a big character and very iconic of the new films, so we throw in some new animatronics. We change some dialogue around, we make it about Jack. Um, and we inevitably change the tone and meaning of the ride.
1: Yeah, because now it's It's no longer about the dangers of greed and the Sisyphean Sisyphean nature of of wanting all of this treasure. Now it's about having an adventure with your pirate friends. Now it's about... the characters you love, and seeing seeing Jack Sparrow winning the pirate game, and it's taken away from the morality tale that the plot was trying to to tell you. Um, it it made it more commercial. It made it more gimmicky. They started throwing in things like Davy Jones on the uh, on the mist. Um, they 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 projected Davy Jones's face on on like a wall of mist that you sailed through.
0: Uh, which thankfully that effect has been removed permanently, but it was, it was a weird moment, right?
1: It was kind of cool when it started, but the thing, it never worked right. It just, it kept breaking or it like just wouldn't show up at all. Right. Um, I remember thinking how cool it was when it started, but the mist never, never flowed exactly straight downward enough for the projection to be clear and stuff like that. Now they've put the old voices back in and given us that really cool pirate effect. Um, But it's the, the ride became like an experiment, like a, like a, like a wall for disney to throw spaghetti at to see what's Uh. (laughs) (laughs) stuck.
0: and and we should say and and alice this may be a transition into kind of our last point but this is the only ride that spawned a 3.7 billion dollar film franchise um it is no other attraction disneyland or otherwise has done that There have been attractions based on multi-billion dollar film franchises such as Star Tours, sure, but no other ride has gone from referencing films Mm -hmm. to then having a film made about it that in many ways outstripped the popularity of the original attraction and then have that film series come back and, you know, change the attraction in meaningful ways. The Country Bear Jamboree movie was so bad that they closed the ride.
1: <laughs> at Disneyland. At Disneyland.
0: Uh, the Haunted Mansion film was so bad that it uh, is literally forgotten. It, it like People are like, wait, there was a Haunted Mansion ride? And it start uh, Haunted Mansion film? And it starred Eddie Murphy? That must have been a big deal. No, not really.
1: Um, nope, it didn't change or affect the ride at
0: all. Not- I feel like
1: they <laughs> never even tried no. to change or affect the ride no
0: in 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 maybe one or two small ways they added a reference but it wasn't it wasn't coming back and making the ride different and that is what pirates of the caribbean did uh pirates of the caribbean the film series did and that's actually incredible
1: the only other thing i think might be comparable and, but maybe it's a little different just based on the nature of the ride itself but the only thing i can think of that did this would maybe be star tours
0: and that's just because star tours has affected in universe things
1: but the but the star tours was of course a uh was a i mean star wars was a movie and then it became a ride but then more movies came out and the ride changed to match those movies i guess is what is what i mean
0: yeah and and that that is a substantial change based on changes in media and technology and, but and i think things- that was
1: the nature of the ride and, and especially it being newer than pirates of the caribbean and inherently about the you know like uh, like when they when they changed it the first time it was it to make it like the variant ride. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily about being more like the movie, but it was about expanding the universe. And, and it's, it's just different.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a completely different situation. Star Wars was always, Star Wars was always referential uh, yes. uh, to, to a very distinct text of film. Pirates of the Caribbean was referential to a, a style, a genre, but right then for it to become referential to itself, Um, because the first three movies have tons of references to the original attraction you know there's the jail scene uh, they sing the song they even say it'd be too late to alter course before they go over a waterfall like like (laughs) there there are references clear references that are like this is based on that ride kind of but honestly the film isn't really based on the ride except that there is a theme in the first film Curse of the Black Pearl about greed and about how their greed cursed them um yeah and that's it like that's that's the extent of the thematic resonance between the the series and the ride um
1: but now the ride has ignored it
0: right and now the ride has dropped that um in favor of a fun adventure with jack and your friends so okay
1: (laughs) 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 Yeah.
0: Sorry, and now I'm a little mad.
1: <laughs>
0: and we never get mad on the pod, but like now I'm a little mad. We're,
1: uh, we try as hard as we can to be as positive as we can. And we also try not to be um, new is always bad kind of people. Uh, I think we, we've dabbled in that in our, in our past as, as teenagers and stuff the idea of all remakes are bad, all covers of, uh, are, are, of music are all bad. You know, I feel like everybody might go through that, but we try really hard, especially in this podcast, to see the positives in 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 updating and new things, and trying and taking risks, and um, and 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 trying to be better, and how theme parks can do that. We love Mission Breakout, for example. While well, that wasn't as as popular, I think uh, amongst other Disney fans. Oh, we're trying really hard to be better than that. But this these changes on this ride just feel they feel really corporate and they feel really they feel really safe. It's not a cool change to like try something new and daring. It's just really safe. Like here's this incredibly uh incredibly profitable IP and we'll just lean into it really heavily. It's hard to remain positive when you see things like that, especially when they change not just what you see, but what like you're supposed to feel at the end of the ride.
0: Yeah, and they've they've changed the ride for the right reasons as well, which is part of what makes it so frustrating to talk about. There are we good know changes. They can do it. There are bad changes, <laughs> and it's hard to take them apart from each other because they're so intertwined. Yeah. Frustrating. Frustrating. But I'll
1: still ride it 150 more times. <laughs> If I could just sit on it and write it through a couple of times, I would. Great way to spend a nice cool afternoon and a hot day at Disneyland. It you is know?
0: it is an amazing 20 minute break if you get on and it. It
1: smells good. Yeah, it's got that <laughs>
0: that Disney water smell. <laughs> <laughs> which which you can't discount the appeal of the Disney water smell.
1: No, it's like a it's like a button straight to my nostalgia meter. Like makes it go crazy. Yeah. And I and I like it and I and I like it and I'll continue to like it. But just because I like it doesn't mean I can't wish for it to do better.
0: Right. Well, Alice, it seems like our conversation about Pirates of the Caribbean and revisionism and revising and uh, adaptation have come to a close.
1: That's right. Uh, But before we go, we just wanted to make sure that we sent out some shout outs to some listeners and uh, we wanted to engage all of you who are who are listening. First of all, thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, and we've gotten some really good uh, feedback and uh, and messages and, and conversations on our Discord server.
0: Yeah, I mean, our, our Discord has been so good and active lately. And I, I want to send some special shout outs to our friends and fellow podcasters who are on there right now talking with us. Of course, TH Ponder's. And Charles Gustine of Accession and the Iconography Podcast, respectively, are on there. And they are so much fun to talk about theme parks with. Um, We also have uh, Will Williams, who you all heard on the last episode. She's hanging out with us. Uh, We've got Katie and Anne, who are hilarious, great contributors on the Discord as well. And a couple of new people like Lina, who has just shown up and who has already uh, contributed great stuff. We share theme park news, theme park uh, just thoughts and stuff. We had this great conversation about uh, Pandora at Walt Disney World. Um, oh, and that the was food good there this week, it was so good to have that conversation. If you do one thing this week to support the podcast, let it be joining the Discord. If you want to know how to join the Discord, reach out to us on Twitter.
1: Yes, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Alice White T H P for those happy places.
0: And I'm at Buddy underscore Duquesne. Duquesne is spelled D-U-Q-U-E-S-N-E.
1: And if you want to join the Discord server, but you don't want to step anywhere near Twitter... Uh, drop us an email. You can email me at, um, I'm Alice white podcast at gmail.com.
0: And I'm buddy.duquesne at gmail.com.
1: Send us an email, send us a tweet, um, uh, hit us up. We want to talk to you and we want to hear your thoughts on not just this episode, but the whole podcast. And, uh, we really want submissions because we've got a special episode coming up.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, here being announced for the first time publicly, uh, our next episode is episode 20, Alice.
1: 20 whole episodes. Can you believe it? It's very it? exciting. Now, we
0: have we have a little bit of a forming tradition happening here. Um, you know, when we got to our 10th episode, we asked for call-ins, and we did a ride design extravaganza where we uh, challenged each other to design rides based on maybe unlikely or interesting IPs. Our next challenge, in honor of Pirates of the Caribbean and its adaptation films, is to adapt a ride into a film or television show or video game or some other kind of media, um, whatever that may be. Um, and Alice, I think you already claimed yours, right?
1: Um, yes, I'm going to uh, I'm going to try to adapt the ride Matterhorn.
0: And uh, I've decided that I'm going to show you my uh, ongoing spec script for <laughs> Big Thunder Mountain: The Movie, the ride. Um, which I'm so excited to share with you, Alice. I think you're really gonna like it.
1: I think this is gonna be really, really fun. And uh so we'll we'll do ours and then we'll take submissions uh live while we record. And um if you if you've if you've got ideas or you got things that you want us to develop, so like either submit a voicemail to us, email us your voicemails of either your idea of a cool ride that you think should be a movie or ideas that you want to hear us develop into a, a movie. If you don't want to do the
0: work, we'll help. We will, um, we will help. We are excited to help.
1: Uh, so yeah, send us those, uh, those uh, voicemails uh, reach out to us on, on Twitter, join our Discord. Uh, communicate with us. We really want to hear from you. We know you're out there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, Alice, speaking of out there, did you know that our listeners out there right now are probably hearing our theme music?
1: Our theme music, let's see Uh, Golden Gate by the California Feet Warmers Featuring Phil Alvin Yeah,
0: Alice, did you know that Uh, you could find All of their music at www.californiafeetwarmers.com
1: I did, and now everyone else does too Tell me about that additional music, buddy
0: Alice, if they heard additional music Chances are it was by Poddington Bear Who made all of his music Available on the Free Music Archive for podcasters to add to their podcasts which is what we do with it Um, you can find all of that work and others at freemusicarchive.org
1: Uh, And if you like what you heard, be sure you subscribe and leave a review and tell your friends reviews help a lot, especially because we're growing this network of uh, podcasters and theme park fans. We want to uh, we want to increase our exposure so we can uh, talk to and learn from some all the really fascinating, wonderful, interesting people out there.
0: Absolutely. Hey, Alice, thank you so much for being a great co-host and for going on this uh, adventure through Pirates of the Caribbean with me.
1: (laughs) Buddy, thank you so much. This was absolutely fascinating and uh, a wonderful conversation. You're the best.
0: And to all our listeners, thank you for listening. And we hope you return to those happy places.